Leafs and the Rangers tonight. Scotiabank Arena. Two of my former teams. Didn't have, didn't have a great career, but it's nice to say that you played on two original six teams. I feel bad for some guys who have like long careers and never get to play in really, really awesome markets like that. Like that's a cool thing to have done in your career. And win yeah. a Stanley Cup yeah. in an original six team. Yeah, it's not quite the same as bowing out of the playoffs for the Idaho Steelheads like I did, Kipper. A little different. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a win's a win. You know, we, I won, <laughs> won a few ECHL rounds. That was fun. Uh, not quite the same. Two of the hotter teams as well, if we look at strictly record and points and maybe none better than the Toronto Maple Leafs, 9-1. and one. Yeah. Certainly a big turnaround from the 2-4-1 and one start. And they are making hay. And you... Can't win a Stanley Cup in November, but you can certainly lose a Stanley Cup playoff spot in the month of November. Ask some other Canadian teams about that. I.e. Montreal. Vancouver. I.e. Ottawa. <laughs> yeah, there are some examples. So what are we expecting tonight? Uh, I, I look at this Ranger team, and they're one of the younger teams. They've certainly stockpiled uh, over the years. Is it all starting to come together? I uh, The eye test, and I'm sure you've got some numbers for us, but what I've been able to gather watching them from afar uh, the other day against Columbus where they won, yet I'm not convinced that this is a team that's ready to really compete in the East. I see a really, really good goaltender. And if we go back, Justin, to when they played the New York Rangers earlier this year, I think it was Austin Matthews' uh, First game back. Oh, yeah. Missing training camp. You and I went. I stepped on that nice lady's toes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that seems right. like a life ago. <laughs> that's right. I wonder if she's still on the IR. No. E for sure. She's done for the year. But one of the rare games where Jack Campbell actually got a goaltend, and that was Shesterkin, mm -hmm. who we expect to play tonight. But that just seems to be the biggest thing going for the New York Rangers right now. I'm not sure what we're going to see out of them. But they don't. They seem a team like a team that's really dependent on this guy between the pipes. Oh my God! More than any team in the league, I think, dependent on their goaltender. He's a, a 9.30 save percentage. So him and Campbell, both top ten guys in that stat. But every time Shesterkin's been below like a 9.15 save percentage this year, that's their only losses, which is three times this year. How about though their their fancies? If anyone out there cares about the fancy stuff, uh, the Rangers are like the bottom of the barrel in the league. It's unbelievable. They're, they're dead last in uh, scoring chance percentage. You know, they get about 40% of the scoring chances in the game. They're second last in shots percentage, shot attempt percentage. Even if you, those things aren't that fancy, the, the team gets more goes to the Rangers net than the other way in their games. They just have great goaltending. And outside of uh, an overtime loss to the Rangers, uh, Jack Campbell has really gone to another level. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about now, the expectations, how do you manage that? Don't ask me. Let's ask Sheldon Keefe. In terms of... Uh, Connor, sorry. He, he's been really good. And obviously not just his play. I'm talking about daily. You know, I think that the way we've managed him in practice has helped that. Um, also look at, you know, sometimes the team in itself in the games can 
can help his workload. You know, I look at the game in Nashville the other night. I mean, going to third period, we're protecting a one-goal lead. We've given up, I think it was three shots in the first 17 minutes of the third. Those kind of things really go a long way as well to helping that workload. So um, I think he's managed it very well. I think he's become very comfortable with his body and where, where he needs to go to manage it. I hear a team or a coach begging his team to bail out the co- the goalie and the coach and the GM because basically there's no backup plan. You know, the, the idea that he said that they gave up, uh, you know, just a few shots in the third period, it's like, well, sure, Jack's going to play 65 times, but what if we only gave up 20 shots a night? That would, that would be good, right? So he, I think he's leaning on the team a lot to say, we know we need this guy. Um, you know, we got to do what we can to make sure that the games aren't overly taxing on him because he's going to play a lot. So last night, kind of a quiet night. I'm flipping around. I end up watching a little bit of the Toronto Marley game with Laval. and Hey, Maple Leaf Show, that's good research there. Absolutely. Captain. Uh, Cole Caulfield's in the game. We're going to watch a little bit of him. And you're watching it. Uh, the score's 2-1. Uh, it's Eric Kalgren who they signed, I think, uh, from the Swedish league uh, in the summer. Yeah, of course. Another possible depth guy in the organization. They're fairly high on him coming in. He goes down at Mm 2-1. So they lose him maybe at the 25-minute mark. And Marley's come out and play well in front of in front of him there. He leaves the game. Yeah. Mike Michael Hutchison comes in. This is your for all intent and purposes, outside of uh, Wall's first NHL start in Buffalo, is your third goalie, your experienced guy, your 30-year-old, your $350,000 third-string goalie. Yeah. How does a young team like the Marlies react? They give Hutchison the third goal. They give him the fourth goal. Nice. They give him the fifth goal. Oh, nice. 5-1. Game over. Bob's your uncle. I don't yeah. even have to watch this anymore. No, that's great. Next topic. I come into work the next day. Yeah. There's producer Sammy giving me an update. He mentions Hutchinson giving up four. Filled in. <laughs> I'm like, what game are you talking about? He's like, last night. I said, no, I was 5-1. And what was the final score, Sammy? 6-5 uh, and a shootout there, Kipper. Four. I turn the TV off. Michael Hutchison gives up four in 40 minutes. And now that depth is in question. The fact that they even called Wall up in the first place means they had some doubts about him. Him giving up four and them losing 6-5 in that game, that's not good. Cole Caulfield tied the game up 5-5, got it scored in the shootout. Laval Rocket with your victory. So, I mean, that's that's not a great sign for the Leafs goaltending. They they got to sign someone else. I mean, I know Mrazek's coming back. I, I guess they can wait. I don't think I, I don't think they can. I really don't. It's four more weeks. And a long I, time. JB, I even, you know how I feel about Riddick giving up a third rounder to have a third string goalie. Mm-hmm. It's, insurance is a losing battle, man. You just... You're going to spend on it, and you hope you never use it. But they're in a position where they don't even have it to spend it. Like, who are you going to bring in right now, and what are you going to have to give up for a goalie that you hope you don't have to use? Mm-hmm. I don't. They did it once. They did it last year, and it cost. It was an expensive pickup 
a third-round pick for a guy, like I said, you, you hope that you never use. No, you can't, can't do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll wear it. I thought it was a good move last year. You know, insurance. Freddie's not going to be there. Maybe Riddich can be, you know, end up be the, the starter there. I don't know. I had moments where I thought it was going to work. But, yeah, this year, it's, now it's, it's it's lean. Go big or go home. Well, the, que- the question, I like, I mean, who right now at this early stage of the season is just giving away attendee? Well, you know, I remember last year, though, and, like, everyone had attendee on waive- in waivers at least. Yeah. Like, I feel like there hasn't been as many guys going through waivers yeah. for whatever reason. But maybe I'm just paying less attention to it because the Leafs kind of had what they thought was their two guys. But, boy, if it's going to be Wool or – a hutch they don't trust for a handful of starts you're here. just gonna have to hope that you can find a diamond in the rough and you treat him yeah. like kyle clifford where you could bury it in the minors and uh, you feel better about it if if you need to go there but you know what though if they don't trust whoever it is hypothetical players we're talking about if they don't trust them much more than wool or hutch they're just gonna roll out wool or hutch and cross their fingers you know like Wool got to win. You know, can you find a few more situations where you can put him in? He plays just well enough and you get more victories. I know they feel burned by Hutchinson two years ago and what he gave them, you know, but can you can you get lucky long enough until Mrazic comes back? Mm. So <laughs> mm. That's a dangerous <laughs> game, boy. And we're back to a back-to-back this weekend. Mm-hmm. You think uh, Sheldon Keefe's thinking? Well, I don't know. Do you have a wool again? I guess he got a win <laughs> and Hutch gave blue one in the minors. Gotta be wool, I guess. Guess time to wool the dice. Yeah. Sammy. Oh, Sammy. Sorry, guys. Oh, sorry, guys. Easy there, oh, Ron McLean. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the nicest thing you said to me. <laughs> <laughs> now, do we have Sheldon keep talking about? Uh, we do. Where he thinks uh, the starter in Jack Campbell will fall in from game to game the rest of the week? Let's have it. In terms of. Uh, energy levels i think he's in a really good place you know the injury stuff injuries happen unfortunately throughout the season for all players and you don't never know when they're going to pop up you do all that you can to manage it and i think our, our team's done a real good job of helping jack with that yeah we'll take it we'll take it a day at a time see how it goes both tonight and uh and in pittsburgh or against pittsburgh he sounds to me like a guy that's trying on like a shirt that doesn't fit and trying to talk himself into it. He's like, yeah, we're going to be all right. It's, oh, yeah. This is going to work. I'm, I, can, I can make this fit. I, you know what I got out of that? Uh, we'll just make it up as we go along. Yeah, maybe we'll get well, another goalie by then. Can, can you imagine like the blueprint that they would have had at the beginning of the year for Jack Campbell and what's his name again? Peter <laughs> Mrazic. Mrazic. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know, I know. He's been gone for so long. I know. I, I, but can you, in all seriousness, three point eight million they paid for him. That was that was just that was a blueprint from one to eighty two mapped out mm-hmm. where the starts they thought that they would, and of course, you know nothing's written in stone. It's going to be bounced around. But they had a number. They had to have had a number, JB, mm-hmm. where it was, you know, fifty. 30, somewhere in between there. Uh, I, I think it was 40, pretty close to us. Well, maybe they wanted Jack 41, to 41? No, no, you're probably right. It's probably 50 to 32 or something like that. But, uh, the the league leader in games played right now is a Jack Campbell. He's number two in t- uh, total time on ice to John Gibson. Where I totally agree with Sheldon is that 
Jack just seems to be getting stronger and stronger. I, I, I watch his game and I compare it to even two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and he seems a lot more comfortable. Quieter? Can quieter, I say he looks quieter? Yes, yes. less energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's it just seems like he's. I hate to. There's only a few that you could really use this term, but you know, uh, goaltend in a rocking chair. You know, where you mm-hmm. kind of just sit back and there's just a, a beautiful part of knowing when the game needs to come to you or you need to chase it a little bit. Yeah. And I think he's in that place right now. That's the happy place. You know, I saw a stat the other day, um, goaltender, I think it was Brian DeCord was talking about it um, in The Athletic, about uh, a stat they're tracking called freeze rate, which is essentially like the, the the rate at which pucks hit a goalie and the goalie gets a whistle after. He's got to be leading the uh, league. I, well, I was going to say, I feel like he's been Velcro. And you know, everything's sticking so to him. So good at that. Yeah. And he, uh, there's nothing better for a goaltender than to calm his team down with a whistle. Yeah, and he is—he's been lights out for that. He, there's not much that gets away from him if he's got a clean look. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the biggest difference. You know, I don't watch every other team like I watch the Leafs, so you don't really get to know the ins and outs of a lot of guys' games. But I think the the biggest difference between him and Freddie Anderson is the rebound stuff. And I really, really love, especially the point shots and stuff, stuff on the on the penalty kill. When the puck gets through on that on those situations, like you guys said, it rarely comes out anywhere, and he's jumping around to make the save. So I I, I think there's a lot to what you guys said about him kind of finding a rhythm, and maybe he's now kind of figuring out how to be a starting goalie. Like he's never done it, being the number one guy. Like he mm-hmm. was hurt all last year. Now he's figuring out what amount of level, oh, amount of energy he has to give out, how he can do it on a night-to-night basis. He seems like he's really figuring it out. I just can't help it. You know, I'm, I'm looking at their goaltending situation and thinking about the backup spot and how many games you're going to ask whoever it is. Like, let's say Wool goes in and they just can't get enough saves. You know, they fall a save short and they lose two points. And it happens a few times over the course of the year. Imagine how important winning this division would be. I know it's a long stretch out. They're only 17 games in, 18 games, whatever it's been. But like... You know, to not have to play Tampa and Florida in the first round, let them go at each other and hopefully grab a wild card team. I know it's, it's again, it's a long way out, but boy, you know, these points could matter a lot is my, is my well, point. We can't just throw away games. We have a perfect example of that in this market. And it was when they were hanging on, when the season was sort of paused by the, uh, by the pandemic, the whole storyline through that, they never won in the second half of a back-to-back because Freddie would go and it would be hot, true, whoever it would be. Yeah. And they were in a dogfight because they never got a win from their backup goalie. So I think they've kind of banked enough points here in the last little stretch that they can maybe, you know, have a breather. But you're right. This could be the difference between them winning the division and then them having to play Tampa or, or Florida in the first round. Yeah. We got plenty coming up in the show. Gord Stelick's going to join us momentarily, co-host of Leaf Nation pre- and post-game. So we'll get into more on, on the New York Rangers. Also joining us, guys, Mark Messier, of course, Hall of Famer, six-time Stanley Cup, ESPN now, as well as Gretz uh, on the TNT side, uh, and author, No One Wins Alone, Simon Schuster. That's uh, it takes teammates like Nick Kiprios as well, the subheader for the book. I, I'm sure I've got a chapter. <laughs> if, if I don't have a chapter in his book, I'm I'm hanging up. You're, uh, I, I checked the glossary in the back. Yeah. It's in the China Club section several times. Also, uh, in the in the back hour, we've got Jason Bruff uh, out of Vancouver, which is a pretty hot story. JB, hot what, as in tire fire hot. What is going on there? He's of course of Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, so we'll get a. Uh, 
into the the disappointing start of the Vancouver Canucks and what Jim Benning's future holds. He addressed the media today, so we'll get a a better idea of that. And then also we'll get into Connor McDavid, a little bit uh, of, what would you call it, pushback to the John Tortorella, just uh, shut up comments and play. It's a little bit of a clap back, I'd say. That's a, there's a little something there from Connor. I liked it. That'll by the it. way, do, do they can't say we don't serve the Toronto Maple Leafs fans by serving them up red hot, the Canucks are garbage stuff. Uh, yeah, I feel like that's red meat for, for Leafs fans. They'll enjoy that. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So uh, outside of... Uh, Maybe Jack Campbell and uh, and Chesterkin going head to head. What uh, what intrigues you about tonight? Well, I do want to see a lot of the superstars that we we do have. Gordon, the superstars that the Rangers have, like there's such exciting young talent between Kako and Lafreniere, and uh, obviously they're not young guys, but Zabanajad, Panarin, the fun team to watch. I'm looking forward to this hockey game. All right, I built them uh, built them up crazy there. Maybe I just. Uh... Maybe he's a little nervous. I think you owe him that from previous appearances. Can, <laughs> can, can you live up to, you know, how great I think you are, Gord? I don't know, Kippy. You know, I don't know. I, you know, I still, people keep busting me about my Twitter picture, and I say, Kippy gave me the great line about Gord, George Vanier Secondary School called back. They want your high school picture back from Twitter. So so I, I know as soon as you build me up, you know, you got to be ready. You got to be ready, Justin. Then he gives you a little tough love. So I, this, I've, this I've yet to take roll. my guard down, I assure you. Gord was like, I don't know if you remember this Happy Days uh, show with the Fonz. He was our Fonz at George Vanier. Is that right? Yes. I don't know what class you were in. I was, I sure, there were many more. I was more like Richie Cunningham. Uh, you were more like Eddie Haskell, I would think. I yes. don't know, but it was a good, uh, anyway, good fun memories. Hey, I'm not the only one that can claim fame here to play uh, or be part of the, the Toronto Maple Leaf and the New York Ranger uh, organization you as well my friend yeah you know you know some kippy honest to god that was a great experience it was a, it was a short experience uh, i uh, uh, uh had issues with neil smith and it ended up being short but but it was you know what it, uh kippy you're 100 right it was something i look back on real fondly um there were great guys there like roger nielsen and wayne cashman and larry plo and donnie waddell and doug sotard and you know living in the city that you, you won the cup in 94 but we were the we were the first team to come first in your in their division, you know, that year and uh, lost in the second round of the playoffs. That's when John Drews got all those goals for the Washington Capitals. And uh, anyway, it was, uh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was a really neat experience. I mean, Tor- I mean, you were Toronto and New York, absolutely, very, very, cor- very. It it opened the corporate world, which MLSE is nowadays, you know, or everybody is. But it was quite a change going from Harold Ballard to the most corporate the most corporate team going. Now, was, was were the Rangers back then paramount for you? Yeah, Gulf Western paramount. Uh, rich, like so many layers, right? Like you're, like it was weird because Toronto, especially back then, the media, you know, they're all around and all that stuff. And there you're, you're in meetings with suits all the time about everything from all different departments. So, uh, and the practice rink isn't where, you know, where it's at. And uh, anyway, Anyway, it was, uh, yeah, it was a neat experience. It was, but, but Roger, you know, Roger Nielsen always brought it down to earth. You know, like he really did. He really did a great job getting that team turned around. And you got to come in later where they added Messier and all the other pieces to finally win the cup. 
Pretty awesome. Uh, so, Gord, they're the one of the one of the few teams to take down the Toronto Maple Leafs in Toronto this season. Uh, lots of talent offensively. Um, you know, the the goaltending is going to be key, and Jack Campbell's going again. We know he's ha- had a you know off to a great start for the Leafs this season. Is it too much so far? Are you a little concerned about the workload, or are we sort of like pre-concerned about this? You know, it's funny, Justin. I mean, two similar teams, right? Like Igor Shosturkin on one side and Jack Campbell on the other about. Because mm. a lot of people have said about the Rangers, like they're, they've won games that haven't really impressed people, right? And it's been excellent goaltending. And the Toronto game was a good example, right? Shosturkin was the difference. In Campbell, I, I'm not yet worried about, like I find, I, I find we get ahead of ourselves worrying uh, about that. I'd worry more if he couldn't stop the puck. Uh, you know, I, I hope Saturday maybe the first, you know, the first game for uh, for Wall maybe is something that he can, he can play, you know, some games and spot him along the way. I just think the big thing is, you know, Jack Campbell has just embraced being a really good number one goaltender. Well, first back up to Freddie, but whatever, whatever, whatever he's had to do since he's come to Toronto, he's embraced it and he's done it. So I'm not worried at this point. If you were in management, Gord, would you take another run at uh, trying to sign him or would you just leave it alone and just... Uh figure it out in the off season where I think the cap Justin can go up what 10%. That sounds right. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, you know, I think you always have to have dialogue, right? You always have, I think last year was kind of understood with Freddie that they were going to see the way things were at the end of it all. And, uh, and, you know, and, and this year, uh, certainly with Morgan Riley, I thought maybe that was going to be the same, but, I, but, uh, but they, um, but anyway, I'm glad they got him done. But you, you got to just have dialogue going on. And I think, I think, I think Jack Campbell recognizes as much. You know, this is a good, this is a good setup for him, as as it is for the Toronto Bay Police. I mean, I think, Kippy, you know that later in your career, you know, you, you sort of focus on the situation a lot rather than strictly strictly dollars and cents and making a decision. And uh, you know, boy, he's he's a guy that seems to have really embraced this situation. So I think there's a mutual appreciation that way but i i mean the big thing is keep communication lines going and and then you know hopefully something can work out but the cap is a challenge isn't it we we know that was zach hyman the chat the, the cap is a challenge what stands out to you uh from this rangers team that they're going to season i know you mentioned shesterkin as a guy obviously is at the top of their list is there anything else in that li- lineup that that stands out as different from your usual nhl team coming in here you know it's uh What's funny, very similar, Justin, about the kind of rebuilds that both the Leafs and the New York Rangers did, and they both, mm. you know, two of the big markets, and people used to always say, oh, you can't do that in New York or Toronto. You know, I go, what are you talking about? They're not stupid fans. If you do it intelligently, what, you want to just keep languishing, not making the playoffs and pretending you're not <laughs> rebuilding? You know, which the Vancouver way. For, yeah, so I, I, I find some kind of similarities there, and now the, and, and now the Rangers are looking to uh, – you know, pay the piper as far as Zabana Jet signing, Adam Fox signing, like the cap realities come into place. But I think one big difference is the least drafts. Boy, you got Matthews first, you got Marner fourth, you got Nylander, what was it, eighth? And in the case of the Rangers, they never picked in the top three ever. And they get Capocaco one year, second overall, Lafreniere the next year. And and those guys really imagine if they start blossoming blossoming anywhere close to Matthews and Marner. Like imagine that. Like, you know, that's kind of the next piece. I think they're I think they're waiting to get there, and uh, Leafs have that better. But I think as far as, like, you know, adding a Barkley Goodrow or whatever, third and fourth line, they got an edge there. And then and then on the, the D, you know, the D with uh, Truba and a few others, there's, a, there's an edge that way. But I find a lot of similarities. A lot of people that thought maybe Adam Fox kind of uh, backdoored a Norris trophy in a shortened season uh, are highly mistaken because – 
I think he's shown in the first 15, 16 games that he, he could win another one. He is that good. And it's funny watching him that you don't see a guy that's blessed with a ton of speed or he's big and strong or, you know, it, but his intelligence gourd is what really separates him from, I think, almost any other defenseman in the league. You know, and, and, you know, we talked about New York earlier, Kippy, and I think I mentioned it to you before that uh, when I was there, it was the second year of being able to watch Brian Leach play every game, right? You got to win a cup with him and just that kind of appreciation about his skill, but also his smarts. And you're right about Adam Fox. I mean, the, the trophy winners are among the smartest, among the smartest players that you're going to, that you're going to see out there generally. And in that case, he's shown that it's funny, like so many, uh, Justin, so many uh, great defensemen, young defensemen, Shea Theodore, Heiskanen, I mean, I mean, I know Quinn Hughes has had some struggles this year, but somebody emerging at, you know, at a, a boy, they come up so developed in the most difficult position to play. And, and Adam Fox, uh, I know people look at it being more accelerated, him winning, him winning that Norris trophy, but you know, uh, uh, he certainly, he certainly fully deserved it. The last uh, Rangers game, you know, they played the Canadians, and I watched Ryan Reeves punch holes in Michael Pizzetta. Uh, could a, a guy like Reeves have an effect on a Maple Leafs team where there's just not really an answer for a classic enforcer-style player? Uh, you know, see, that's the kind of debate that, you know, Nazem Kadri sticking up for his teammates uh, uh, a couple of times, and did he really need to do that? You know what I mean? Did he really need to do that? And I kind of, like, you know, you know, Ryan Reeves is the kind of guy that talent wise will overcome anything. You, you, I think you have to have you know, guys that uh, I give Pizzetta all kinds of credit, you know, guys trying to make a mark that way. But I think, you know, it, the grit part is necessary, but grit also includes talent and speed and effort and all those other things. I think, I think too often you get bogged down about that uh, overcompensating for the toughness part. I mean, we know what Ryan Reeves brings to the team, but we also, you know, other teams, you know, other teams have, have won Stanley Cups like the Tampa Bay Lightning with talent, right? Hey, Gord, is this, is this the part of the day where a dog picks you up and takes you for a walk? <laughs> this is, no, I just did, I'm in the, like, you know, by Don Valley Golf Course. I'm in the dog park here, right? Whatever. So, uh, yeah, so one, one dog is particularly fascinated about, uh, so our dog Blue's chasing him now. Our dog Blue is like Don Seleski with the Flyers. He always jumps in late, you know, on those fights, doesn't start it. <laughs> Give that so, dog a friggin' biscuit because he's driving me nuts. <laughs> well, Sammy's going to wear this dog, one, whatever. eh, Sammy? It's on me. I, I asked Gordo to come on tomorrow in my text to him today. By no. accident. I screwed up. So he's at the yeah. dog park. He no. would, no. He would no, never have died. Come on. I'll, I'll come on tomorrow if you want to get too, but yeah, so that's it. So that's why I'm at the dog. It's park. my fault. It's all good. My fault, Kippy. Yeah, uh, you'll be at the Metro Zoo or something tomorrow. <laughs> I told you that was my summer job working in the parking lot there, Metro Toronto Zoo, and uh, hardly anybody came, so we parked the cars neatly. But there's only like one fifth of the parking lot was used. It was the first year, way back when. There you go. Oh, uh, good times. That's that's fascinating stuff. Um, you know, yesterday we spent a little time on uh, our beloved Toronto Maple Leafs here, and we were talking about the sort of the bottom lines and and what you do with a guy like Michael Bunting. I'm kind of of the belief that he's not a true fourth line guy, and I, I wouldn't mind seeing him with Camp and Kasha. I really like Camp and Kasha. Everyone's very excited about that line. Do you think that Pierre Engvall is a guy that's really locked down that spot? Like it just feels like a matter of time till they bump him down a bit. Do you, could you ever see a day where Bunting gets a, a crack in that role? 
I yeah, you know, I agree with you. I agree with you. Like Pierre Engvall's becoming the new Freddie Gauthier, right? Yeah, like he? it's you know they're kind of around and around, and then you you know you kind of wait to the ne- the next the next step. And I it, it's tough fitting into a new team. Like it's not that easy. It's not that easy going to a new place. And I and I agree with you, Bunting. And you want to get. Uh, um, I mean, the Sasikas line had a terrible night the other night. Well, they two of them, three of them were minus four for the New York Islanders. But that's kind of the epitome of those kind of lines that have that identity. That you want that you want to try to emulate, and and uh, and I, I know certainly the coaching staff is trying different things or looking to try different things, but uh, but I agree I agree with you there, Justin. You know, we were talking about uh, Nylander for all intent purposes having his best start as a Leaf, and uh, certainly when you talk about the run that they've had, I think all four of them are over fifty plus points uh, during that uh, the, this streak. And yet, you know, we listen to Sheldon Keefe, and he's, is this the best you, you've seen Nylander? And it's a flat-out no. Nope. So uh, just in terms of now his challenges moving forward, uh, I talked yesterday a little bit about, you know, the, the looks that a guy like Tavares got with, with Marner. Can, can Nylander kind of do that for Tavares consistently where, you know, there is a long stretch where you don't have to bounce them back and forth? Yeah, you know that. You know, it's funny. That's an interesting one because finally putting uh, Marner and Tavares. I mean, Tavares had that great season a couple of years ago, uh, playing with him, and you kind of forgot about it. And I, I also like Sheldon Keefe. Just say, how, how can you play your best hockey when you've not had playoff success? Okay, so I don't think you can answer that for anybody because you're hoping there's that other level that'll come through in the playoffs at, at some point. So you know, those kind of, those kind of questions. I think that's the appropriate answer. But that, that's the next. That's the next challenge uh, that you know, about the chemistry, just as Justin asked earlier about trying to get like a third or fourth line identity, but about, you know, can these, uh, can these guys be, whether you want it to be interchangeable or whatever it is. I love when he, I love when after a shorthanded situation or something, he joke, he goes with the power line, you know, putting them all together, but you know, that's what, that's all the thing you want to try to be more ready for game number 83. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one more for me here, Gord. We, we're going to get to some Canadian teams, and I wanted to get your take on what's going on with Vancouver. Uh, you know, Montreal and Ottawa also not off to wonderful starts, but the Canucks had high expectations this year. I don't know how often you've watched them, but any thoughts on, on why they've fallen so short and, and what's going to happen now for the Canucks going forward? How can you have a PK of like 60%? 60%. Like how, yeah, like, you know, I mean, like, how can, and worse, worse recently, like, how can you have that? How can you have that? It's one thing to try to get a, telling a power play to score goal, goals is difficult, but, you know, so you start with that. I mean, it was three for five on the power play last night for Colorado. I thought Vancouver uh, early on, I was worried they were going to get pasted, but I thought they competed well. But yeah, I, I um, you know, what I saw last week, is it got ugly when they're out west and it's one thing to struggle but when you get ugly and that's why quite often people ask questions like you know well what about like the 20 game mark or the 10 game or third like when about you look to make changes and really it's not so much a number it's more if you if you get a vibe that things are really off the track and you know vancouver hasn't made a coaching change since uh brian burke put in mark crawford for mike keenan back in 1999 so they haven't had a haven't had a history of that. I, I, I'm baffled. I like the moves they made. I love Connor Garland. I like that they got their, you know, Elias Pettersson. What the hell's going on with him right now? I mean, it's just, it's just mm-hmm. like all, and, 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 and they don't have injuries. They don't have significant injuries. So, man, that's one. And they, those could be ugly games at home coming up. They got two. I mean, all kinds of fans can be ugly, but Vancouver fans could be especially hard and ugly if they get pissed. Gord, do you, do you have enough poop bags? 
Gippy, if I, you know what? I don't know where you moved to. Your old house, you'd be getting a special delivery in five minutes. I'm telling you that. I'm around the corner, buddy. I'm telling you that. So, so maybe he was ever living there now. You explain to them, okay? Hey, listen, if you, if you don't have any, uh, you find a coffee cup. You know, uh, you'll, you'll be everything's, fine. Everything's fine in that department. I'm uh, very responsible. You know, you can bum a bag off of, you know, a, a mom. There's a lot of options for you, Gord. Well, there, there's a lot of dog walkers that are have the bags here. Not a not a lot a lot of hockey fans. I can tell you that it's a very different animal. But I know a few of the guys that come are. So anyway, all good, all good, Kippy, and uh, got a good run out of it. Good exercise, and hopefully the Leafs have the kind of effort tonight against the Rangers like our dog Blue just had. So he's had a good workout. I can't wait for our hit next week to find out where the hell you are. <laughs> Hey, why don't I go to the aquarium? aquarium? Why don't I go to the aquarium downtown by CM Tower? Let's do that. The the splashing would be wonderful background. (laughs) Cannonball. Gord Stellick with the cannonball. Hey, thanks for doing this, buddy. And we have the game tonight. Don't forget. So looking forward to that, okay? All right. We're looking forward. You guys take care. We're looking forward to your coverage as well. Thanks, Gordo. Gord Stellick. Dogged reporter. Or it's I'm going to be Ron McLean today. That's going to be my role, oh I think. Oh, God. That was hilarious. <laughs> Sammy, Sammy's okay. got Gord on the phone apologizing to him right now. What uh, a dog that Gord Stalick yeah. is. Yeah, the Canucks are having a dog start to the year. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Yikes. Oof. Oof. Oh, my God. <laughs> so another guy that, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, Jack Campbell looking a little bit more comfortable. Do you not see a, a different vibe out of Morgan Riley? Must have been the contract signing. The, yep. uh, if, you, if you noticed, uh, they, they put out that video of Fanouf uh, when they raised a captain's banner for him at, at, at the arena. He kind of led that. Uh, yeah. It's just, it, it's nice to see. And his challenge tonight in, in so many ways is, I think, going up against a guy like Adam Fox. I mean, he has to mm. be, he has to be the Leafs' best version of what Adam Fox means to the Rangers. Yeah, no, they they need him in a big way. I mean, Riley plays big minutes, uh, not unlike Fox, and um, he he needs to make sure that his pair isn't. Uh, you know, they hold up there under the bargain because they they as a top four goes, you need the Muzzin and Hall pair going and his pair going. Uh, they should be fine, I guess. You know, I was thinking what you're talking about his contract and looking more comfortable. Um, maybe you wanted to get into Vancouver a little bit because why does uh, Pedersen not look comfortable? Elias Pedersen just been absolutely. No good for the Vancouver Canucks so far this season, which is insane to say. One, you know, one of the best young players in the game. What's he got? Seven points or something in 17 games? It's been really lean. Sorry, nine points in 17 games for Pedersen. Well, we were talking to, uh, I think, Aaron Ward the other day, and we're talking about Crosby, and and what's the common denominator, JB? No, no training camp. No training camp. Yeah. And compressed season or off season, and the emotional situation with not knowing i don't care if you're talking about a a hundred thousand dollars or 50 million dollars it's it's hard on a guy and you just wonder where that that kind of left him but it's it's nuts if if this guy isn't on most nights the best player on the ice we certainly have seen it before but something is wrong what's he got does he have three points 
Sorry, no, Pedersen has his three goals. Three, three goals. goals in 17 games. I wonder if... And how many points? Nine points. Nine points, okay. Nine points. So he's, but he's behind Nils Hoglander, well, also has nine points, but like Bo Horvat, Besser's only got eight points in 14 games. Pearson's got six points in 17 games. Like some of their best guys have not played particularly well. I wonder if teams will get to a point with these guys doing these RFA deals and thinking of the way Nylander played when he held out and came back, you know, and saying... Either we get it done before we get to camp or it's not getting done. Like if you draw a harder line in the sand, because a lot of these teams are caving a little bit after camp starts or after camp starts, and they're not getting good seasons out of that first season. Like the deadline might need to be moved up for these teams. Yeah. I I, I wonder what would have happened if if the if the Leafs didn't with, with Nylander. And I think, what was his final number? 6-9? Uh, yeah. And at the time, everybody thought it was a huge number. And in the grand scheme of things, if the pandemic was not here mm-hmm. and we were looking at what, what would what, like $85, $90 million salary cap in 2021, 22? Yeah. That was a realistic number back then. For sure it was. And 6-9 would have been fine. So in many ways, I, I think they were, they were, they were okay with the number, mm-hmm. but but what would have what, what would have done yes. to the other numbers? What would it, it, well, and, and not only that though, but if if you would have taken the chance of not having him there and and missing the deadline, I think it was December first was the deadline mm-hmm. to have him sign, or he misses the whole season. There's no chance you could sign him after. You probably one more blame day. Dubis for blowing that season. Is what happens. You say, oh, the Leafs, you know, good run against the Bruins. They were a couple of goals short. They didn't get the Nealander deal done. And that's a ton of pressure yeah. on Dubis. Or any general manager to to lose a key guy. Yeah, yeah. So that anyway. So I wonder with Pedersen if that's part of it. You mentioned the training camp thing, but you know they've also, you know, Gord mentioned their PK being at sixty percent. I mean that is unbelievably horrific. You know to to yeah. give up a goal that often on the penalty kill. They have been missing. You know he mentioned that no uh, major injuries. They've been missing. Uh, Sutter and Mott, who were two of their four main penalty-killing forwards, so that could have something to do with it. So you got boy. one general manager on an expiring contract. You got another one that's got uh, just under $3 million in Travis Green owed next year. Mm-hmm. I I got to think it's still kind of playing out a little bit for the ownership group to say, am I really going to fire a guy where I got to pay 2.75 this year and next year to just sit on his ass at home. And then I got to pay someone else to do the job. No, it's, I don't, you know, tough for owners, but like how much money are you losing if this is a team that could be a playoff team? You know, like you can pay for that salary with what? Two home gates of revenue. You know, if you get they actually fire them and get a new coach in here and get this team to the postseason, it's, you know, it's money that can be made back quick if you think the team's legitimately good enough to turn around. I think they're so all in on this group. Like there is no now with the way they've built it, there's no immediate rebuild you can do. You just traded your first rounder. You know, you just got rid of all the, you're kind of playing for the now. I think you need to fire the coach, unfortunately for Travis Green. That's just my opinion. You need to. Well, this team has a chance to turn it around. There's enough talent there in that division. I think they can still have a season. Benning said he thinks they can still make the playoffs. I know uh, Benning's word has not been gold so far, but I I don't think it's out of the question. We're going to get into this uh, a lot deeper with uh, Jason Bruff out of Vancouver on Sportsnet 650 in uh, in Vancouver. He's going to come on. We'll, We'll get into it a little bit more here. 
But there is, as to your point, something to be salvaged, I think, still for Vancouver. As far as Montreal and Ottawa, is it just... Are they a Burger King Whopper? They got grill marks on their ass right now. Is it is it over? <laughs> it's over, man. I mean, you know, Carey Price is back on the ice, which is an interesting thing. They certainly haven't got good goaltending in Montreal, but they're four twelve and two. You know, they're uh, how awful has Arizona been this year? Like uh, historically awful, and they're behind Montreal by five points right now. So it's not uh, not been much better for Les Habitants. We'll see. We'll see how this goes. Carey Price is skating. Yeah. Is this enough to keep Montreal Canadian fans engaged? Probably not. I mean, you know what's tough is like they're out of playoffs now because it's not like they have to get over to just you know get a, a to ninety three points. Like they got to get a Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Florida. Like they're not making playoffs in this division. The Metro is more than likely to have five teams than four make the playoffs. So it's uh, you know how do you play out the season from here? Tough call. What is our boy Sammy going to do if Carey Price isn't the goaltender for Team Canada in the Olympics? As long as there's an Olympics, Sammy will live what? with it. Would you rather Canada go in and get filled in because they have no <laughs> goaltending or just have the whole thing called off? Call it. I, <laughs> I don't have to watch Matthews and play for Excuse America. me. Jordan Bennington, Stanley Cup champion. Oh, yeah. Hey, you don't, you're preaching to the choir on Bennington. Oh, and Sound Attack yeah. alum. Yeah, you're preaching to the choir on that one. But no, I... Oh, come on, both of you. Heart. <sighs> I think I'd rather go Flurry than I, both. I saw one projection today that was Kemper, uh, Blackwood. Blackwood. What yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, I give Black Blackwood some credit here. I'm not here. saying these are bad goalies. I'm saying we're Canada, you guys. I know. Have I, we lost context? This is this Roger this Luongo is, and Patrick Waugh. This is the drop. It's, yeah. Well, it didn't have to be so precipitous. We're I off know. a cliff here. I know.